Welcome to the It Is Written podcast. As doubts about God's will arise, the world resorts to feelings and experts. We go to the law and to the testimony of God's word. In today's episode, we are going to do an overview of the book of 1 Peter. What does it mean to be an alien and a sojourner on this earth? So it's really a big help when we're studying a Bible book to try to see the overriding theme and structure in the book. That's not my strong suit, but I see it in some books and it's been really helpful. First Peter is a good example. I'd like for us to look at that book. In First Peter chapter 1, Peter starts out saying, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens scattered throughout a, various, a variety of areas that are chosen. These chosen aliens wonder what he means by that. Some people have thought he meant these people were away from their homeland on the earth. But if you look on over in chapter 2, in verse 11, Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts which wage war against the soul. When he's talking about them being aliens and strangers there, he means they don't belong to this earth and they should not involve themselves in the worldly lusts and pleasures that most people do. We're foreigners because we've been chosen by God. We belong to a heavenly realm, not to an earthly realm. So we're like pilgrims. We're like people who don't fit in here because we're not from here. We're like extraterrestrials here. He also, in 117, talks about conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay on earth. And that means like your pilgrimage. We have this tendency to try to settle down in our new home on the earth and sort of acclimate ourselves and become like the world around us. What First Peter is calling us to is to a pilgrim or an alien or a foreigner mindset. Mm-hmm. We're not from here. We should never think of ourselves as being from here. It's been helpful to me, and I'll refer to this a couple of times in, the, in what we look at. We lived in Brazil, South America for three years in the 90s. I never felt like a Brazilian. <laughs> The fact that they spoke a language that was hard for me to speak accentuated that. But I always felt like a fish out of water. Mm -hmm. I always longed to be back in America where I felt at home. But what really we need to do is feel at home with the Lord and like a stranger, like an alien everywhere here on the earth. So I want you to see how much of what Peter says in this letter fits in with that concept. Would you read chapter 1 verses 3 to 5? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. You are being guarded by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. So he speaks about this living hope we have. A hope to obtain an inheritance, imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. We're looking forward to going home. Yes. We don't belong here, and we are yearning and longing for the time we can be with the Lord. There are various trials here, but we don't regard them too too much because we're so looking forward to the joy inexpressible and full of glory we'll have when we get to our homeland. He says this salvation that he's talking about, In verse 10, the prophets wanted to know about what they were writing about, whether it was for them or not. And they found out, no, it wasn't for them, it's for you. We are the recipients of this great inheritance we're looking forward to. 
And so look at verse 13. You want to read chapter 1, verse 13? Therefore, with your minds ready for action, be sober-minded and set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I love that. Set your hope completely on the salvation we're going to get in Christ. Our problem is we have divided hopes. We hope to go to heaven, but we sure do hope to win the game tomorrow. And we sure do hope for a new car, and we hope for this, we hope for that. He says, set your hope completely on what you're going to have. That's so much how I was in Brazil. I don't know if there was a day that went by that I didn't think about longingly when I get to go back to the U.S. Yeah. We were going to stay there two years. We, we gutted it out for three, but it wasn't easy. I've gone back on about 50 trips since then, and every trip, every day I'm there, I think I've got so many days till I get back to the U.S. Yeah. If we had that mindset for heaven, for being with the Lord, to where we were always longing for it, we were always couldn't wait to get there, and I'm sure there were specific things that you long for. I can't wait till I get back home and X, Y, or Z. Mexican food. Yeah, Mexican food. Really? Yes, really. <laughs> uh, but of course, when you think about heaven, I, I can't wait to go to a place where there's no more death or where there's no more suffering, where there's no more sin. And there's these specific And where things. we belong. Yes. We're, we're fish out of water here in the, on the earth. We're yes. earthlings. We're in the midst of earthlings, but we're from another planet, right. another solar system. Right. It's a cool idea. And then, would you read chapter 1, verses 14 to 16? As obedient children, do not be conformed to the desires of your former ignorance, but as the one who called you is holy, you also are to be holy in all your conduct. For it is written, be holy, because I am holy. In our homeland, holiness is the standard. Yes. And that's the way people live. In all our behavior, no part of our life is to be unaffected. We're to be holy in everything. Now, I read an illustration one time that I thought was really helpful. Think about the Middle Ages. And imagine that the lord of one of the manors had all the serfs that were working on the manor, but he had his son. His son turns 18, and he sends him off to the cultural centers of Europe. I don't even know what that would have been back then, maybe London or Paris or Rome or somewhere like that, so that he could get a real education and become get the culture that sure. he'd have in those places. After three or four years, he came back the manor. But after all this time spent among the hierarchy of Europe, he dressed differently, he talked differently, he acted differently. Can you imagine the serfs on the manor all kind of laughing under their breath? Look at him, look at how funny he looks, look how funny he talks, wonder what happened to him. Yeah. If he got wind of that, would he have been ashamed or embarrassed? Not at all. Yeah. He, I mean, he got to go experience it. Yeah, he knows what, they, these poor serfs just don't understand, they've never been off the manor. Right. The worldlings who make fun of us, they've never been where we've been in the heavenly places, understanding yes. the culture where yes. we belong, the holiness that should befit us. Yes. They think holiness is out of place, but it's just because of their limited vision. So it should not intimidate us when the world thinks, you're weird. We are compared to the world because we're from another planet. And then look at one twenty-two. You want to read that verse? Sure. Since you have purified yourselves by your obedience to the truth, so that you show sincere brotherly love for each other from a pure heart, love one another constantly. The kinship we feel yeah. with our brethren who are also extraterrestrials here. Yeah. We feel that love, that intense love. Yeah. He's going to say in chapter 4 and verse 8, above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins and goes on to talk about being hospitable to each other, serving each other. There's that special bond. Yeah. I know when we were in Brazil, when we'd run across another American, 
somebody we might have nothing in common with if we were in the U.S., we felt that bond. We understood each other. You know, the things that were weird about Brazilian society to us, we shared those views and those feelings. And so we need to feel that bond we have with other brethren. And then look at chapter 2 and verse 11. He says, Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts which wage war against the soul. We need to be separated from the lifestyle, from the values of this life. Notice waging war against the soul. I, I, I might mention that soul is mentioned like six times in this book, but soul means person. Okay. When you think about soul in First Peter and a lot of other passages, it just means your person. It doesn't mean your immortal part or something like that. Okay. Look at chapter 4. Would you read verses 1 through 5? Therefore, since Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same understanding, because the one who suffers in the flesh is finished with sin. In order to live the remaining time in the flesh, no longer for human desires, but for God's will. For there has already been enough time spent in doing what the Gentiles choose to do, carrying on in unrestrained behavior, evil desires, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and lawless idolatry. They are surprised that you don't join them in the same flood of wild living, and they slander you. They will give an account to the one who stands ready to judge the living and the dead. Our lifestyle really stands out. It they does. don't understand it because yeah. we're not living like worldlings. But they don't understand we're not from here. We don't live like the people here do here on the earth. He gives a lot of examples. Immoral behavior, sexually immoral behavior, drinking parties, idolatries. And it needs to be that we stand out. That's a good sign that we're continuing to maintain the culture of the land that we're from. A couple other points he makes here that I'll mention in passing. In chapter 2 and verse 12, he talks about keeping our behavior excellent among the Gentiles. We need to have exemplary behavior. He talks about submitting to the government. He talks about submitting as slaves to masters or wives to unbelieving husbands. We need to have the kind of character and purity that reflects well on a homeland. The people may say, well, they really, they're really have a different standard, but they sure do hold to it. They're sure consistent. They sure have their values. And then in chapter 4, in verse 14, he talks about the persecution we're going to receive. He says in verse 15, make sure that none of you suffers as a murderer or thief or evildoer or troublesome meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he's not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God in this name. We ought to, we, we ought to realize that being a Christian, being an extraterrestrial here, is going to lead to persecution. But if we're suffering because we're a Christian, praise God for that. They realize we don't belong here. And then finally, look at our mission. Would you read chapter 2, verse 9? Sure. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. There's our mission. Yes. Proclaiming the praises of God. Proclaiming God to a world that doesn't know him. Proclaiming the things of our planet to this planet. That ought to be the thing that fills us up and the things that we see that we're put here for. We're put here to declare the praises of God and the glory of God and the will of God to the people on the earth. Think about how 1 Peter ends his book. In 5.13, she who is in Babylon, chosen together with you, sends you greetings, and so does my son Mark. Yeah, the world empire Babylon's been gone for a long time. Yeah, what's right? Babylon here? Yeah. Well, I think Babylon was where they lived in exile in an alien culture. Right, and they were of the dispersion, those who had been dispersed exactly. back in chapter 1. So we, we live in Babylon, yeah. 
waiting to go back to our homeland. Yeah. That's, that's very much, I think, the idea of Babylon here. So I, that has helped me as I've studied First Peter to just see that consistent theme all through the book. He's dealing with them as pilgrims and, and foreigners, and we need to maintain that foreigner mindset on the earth. So let's tie this back to a previous episode that we did on culture, right? So we shouldn't be all that surprised when the Bible doesn't completely align with culture. We're, we're living by a guideline and, a, and God's rules that is just completely different than anything else on the earth. And so we are going to be a little bit different sometimes in how we read the Bible, how we live it out, and how the church operates and how it acts. It's going to be different. God does not want us conforming to the world's culture. He wants us to maintain a holy culture with Him. Yeah, so sometimes if it feels like we're a little bit different, it's because we are. Yeah, amen. Praise God for that. Amen. Thank you for listening to the It Is Written podcast. If you have any questions or comments that you would like to share with us, feel free to send Gary an email at garyfisher.com. 1063 at gmail.com. We hope you have a blessed day.